Our betters have finally ranked all of the presidents throughout the U.S. history. And I think you're going to be really surprised by the results. Jamal Bowman says, Jamal Bowman says something really stupid. And I'll prove just how stupid it is. And is the NBA, black NBA players targeting white NBA players? I don't know. Let's talk about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you're having a great day. So, you know, I I, I got the, this article came out about the rankings of the presidents in U.S. history, and they've always been kind of off, but this is just incredible. This is from The Blaze. Scholars and experts are trying to give Joe Biden a rare polling victory. The 2024 Presidential Greatness Project Experts Survey, conducted from November 15th to December 3rd, polled more than 150 historians and American political science scholars, so-called experts in their field of research, and asked them to rate each president on a scale of 0 to 100 for their overall greatness. The lower the score, the worse the president. The higher the score, the better. Here's how the scholars ranked the top five U.S. presidents by their average greatness score. And we're going to go over some of this because I, I it's just incredible to me. So Abraham Lincoln, I don't think that's a huge surprise, is number one. I don't think, usually it's always between Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. I typically rank them pretty much right together. A lot of people seem to not understand what George Washington went through as president because he was the first president. And I've read a lot of George Washington's writings. And one of the things that George Washington basically had come against was having an army. I know this is a big shocker for people, but the United States didn't want an army. They didn't want to spend the money. They didn't want to tax people. And he had to convince Congress that we needed a military. Not only did we need an army, we needed a navy. And he had a real rough time in his eight years as president. He had a real rough time trying to get that army. So uh, he was building, like Joe Biden walks into the presidency, he's got 250 years of established government. And, you know, he still manages to F it up. But anyway, George Washington didn't have that. So that's why I always, I like to sit back and, and have George Washington and Abraham Lincoln kind of tied. But these guys didn't even have George Washington in the top two. The second was Franklin Delano Roosevelt? FDR? FDR was not a great president. Yes, he was president for 12 years, but he was president for 12 years because of a war. We were in the middle of World War II. He was president while uh, during Pearl Harbor. It's the same thing with George Bush when 9-11 happened. George Bush was very popular during 9-11 because of what he did. Of course, that wore down, and the same thing was happening with FDR. But FDR was also... Uh, had barely got us out of the out of the depression. His economic policies were fascist to say the least. Heck, Hitler was actually praising FDR. 
FDR, I mean, he had that just miserable NRA program that the Supreme Court struck down. He wanted to expand the Supreme Court so he could force in his his policies. The guy was a tyrant. So then they had George Washington, number three. Okay. Theodore Roosevelt, number four. Now, I like Theodore Roosevelt. I, I, I do. But, I mean, number four? Then they had Thomas Jefferson, number five, which was like, what? And then Truman, uh, Truman, number six. Okay. And then number seven, Barack Obama. What? Barack Obama was one of the worst presidents in our history. As a matter of fact, many compared him to Jimmy Carter. But Barack Obama was number seven. He was in front of Eisenhower, Kennedy, Madison, John Adams. He's ahead of all those guys. No. Joe Biden, Barack Obama separated this country, caused nothing but rift between the races. His foreign policy was absolutely terrible. All you have to do is look at Libya, Syria, China, Afghanistan. He was a disaster for foreign policy. Economic policy, he wasn't. He, unemployment for Barack Obama didn't get under 7% until his last year in office. His uh, his uh, unemployment numbers were always between 9 and 10%. For blacks, blacks were who he was supposed to stand up for. Blacks were at 20% unemployment. Barack Obama was a terrible president. And then not to mention, he raised the debt more than all presidents combined. And we won't even talk. I know everyone says that the only um, the only problem he had, the only scandal that he had was that tan suit. No, he had a ton of scandals. He put uh, Fox News journalists in prison. He The IRS scandal, the Fast and the Furious scandal, he, the Benghazi scandal. He had tons of scandals during his presidency. And they were bad. I mean, the Fast and Furious was bad. Not to mention he didn't take care of the border. And then he flip-flopped on a lot of things. Remember, he was anti-gay marriage in 2008. And suddenly men can be women in 2016. What happened there? Oh, but it gets worse. (laughs) They have Eisenhower, number eight, which is absolutely incredible. Eisenhower is a good president. LBJ was number nine. LBJ was a terrible president. He brought us into Vietnam, and then he lost Vietnam. He implemented all sorts of socialist policies. I mean, he he didn't even bother running for a second term. He his his uh, popularity was so low. Then they had Madison Clinton. Uh, Why Clinton? I don't know. Clinton actually was famous for not doing anything. Clinton just basically let Congress do whatever Congress wanted to do. And he implemented a policy here and there. And those policies were terrible. Midnight basketball program he implemented. 
to stop gang violence. That didn't happen. Of course, we can't forget Monica Lewinsky. He was the last president to actually get impeached that deserved to be impeached. Not to mention, because he did lie in front of Congress, he should have been kicked out of Congress. Here's here's what's amazing. Number 14, Joe Biden. 14 out of 46 presidents? He's number 14? Are you kidding me? He was a terrible, he's a terrible president. He ranked ahead of Ronald Reagan. And you know who else ranked ahead of Ronald Reagan? Woodrow Wilson. The leftist, socialist, racist president who basically led us into World War I and then, with his foreign policy implementations, led us to World War II. But Wilson and Biden ranked above Reagan. And you may be shocked. Jimmy Carter was ranked 22nd, so he was in the top 50% of presidents. Jimmy Carter. Now, I don't know how old any of it, anybody is who listens to this podcast, but Jimmy Carter was an absolutely terrible president. Terrible. Inflation was through the roof. Gas prices were through the roof. He had odd even days to go pick up gas. So if your license plate ended in an odd or a letter, you could go on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. If you're even, you could go to Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday. I mean, just absolutely terrible policies. The Iranian hostage crisis happened, and that Iranian hostage crisis led to the deaths of 13 American soldiers who were trying to rescue the hostages. As a matter of fact, the hostages didn't get released from Iran until Ronald Reagan became president. Reagan scared the crap out of the Iranians, and the mullahs let them go. The Ayatollah Khomeini let him go. And of course, dead last in this poll, dead last in this poll, is um, Donald Trump. Dead last, Donald Trump. Now, you might ask yourself right off the bat, um, well, what does this tell us? This, base, I mean, Nixon was ranked 35. Nixon, for all his foibles, was not a bad president. He was actually a very good president. He did everything he accomplished. Unfortunately, he did strengthen... Uh, China. China is the way they are today because of him. But, all right, outside of that, he did establish relations with China. The economy was in good position until he got, uh, until he resigned. And then Ford took over. And Ford was a good president, but he just didn't have anything to work with. Then Carter took over and just everything went to hell until Reagan took over, and then everything went right back up. I mean, Reagan defeated communism. That puts him in the top 10 right there. He defeated the Soviet Union. But what does this tell us? What this tells us is that the elites, the college-educated elites, these people are out of touch. There's a book called by Yanomi Yanomi Park. Uh, She was a North Korean... A North Korean defector. Uh, the book's called While Time Remains. And she kind of explains this, especially with the elites. 
a lot of people, especially conservatives, me included, would basically say these guys are just just trumping for Biden, simply be trumping for Democrats, simply because they love Democrats, and um, they are trying to ruin the country and things like that. Well, here's the thing: Park basically says in her book that no, these people actually believe this. These people actually believe that Biden is one of the greatest presidents in American history. They believe that FDR is better than, than George Washington. They believe Obama is a top 10 president. Now, if you talk to these people, for example, this 2024 rating score, I, I, I'd like to go more into it, but they don't exactly say why. This, this whole report doesn't say why these guys are great. They just rank them as great. So Obama has a 73.8 score. And you're just like, okay, where did that number come from? Is that just me liking him? All right? I I don't know. So it, it, that's the whole thing. These people actually believe these are great presidents. They believe the country is, is in really good shape right now. They believe the economy is great. They believe our foreign policy is awesome. They believe our pullout from Afghanistan was great. Okay, yes, he's old. Yes, he's a little bit senile. Yeah, some people died during the during the um, some people died during the pull out of Afghanistan, and it could have been done better. But these people actually believe that the country is in great shape, and you've got it. You've got to tell yourself that when you hear. All the time from Democrats, MSNBC, CNN. Well, the experts say, well, I mean, where are the experts coming up, coming up with their findings? Because it seems like their findings don't quite match up with what we're actually seeing. And that raises the question, are they doing it on purpose? Are they trying to destroy the country? Or do they actually believe this stuff? Are they really the dumbest smart people we could find and that's that's a pretty decent question okay let's get to our dumbass of the day okay jamal bowman we got we gotta we gotta be totally honest when it comes to jamal bowman this is not the strong this is not the smartest guy in the world there's no question Serial uh, fire alarm puller Jamal Bowman has decided that Congress, in order to be more effective, has to invite certain people into their world so that, that we, can, we can actually go out and fix all the policies within the United States. And that group we need to bring in, that's right, hip-hop culture. Let's listen to Jamal Mo- Bowman just make an ass out of himself. This is not just about music. This is about addressing the injustices in our society. Now it's time to organize formally and bring into the halls of Congress the power and the transformative nature of hip-hop culture. Our goal is to make sure the hip-hop community has a seat at the table as we work on federal policy. Hip-hop doesn't have a culture. If anything, they lack culture. That's the problem with hip-hop. 
and this guy wants to bring it into Congress. By the way, that also really makes you wonder, this is the same guy who doesn't want blacks arrested, doesn't want criminals thrown in jail, wants to defund the police, supports BLM, right? And hip-hop culture promotes all of this crap. They promote promiscuous sex. I mean, they promote being dumb, Let's listen to one of the top hip-hop songs right now. And you tell me, is this helping our culture? Looks like I'm going to say in the intro. <laughs> you want me to say something so bad? Stop playing with them, Ryan. Can you please? Think you the shit, bitch? You not even the fuck. Nah, I be going hard. I'm breaking their hearts like Bitches be quick but I'm quicker Bitches be thick but I'm thicker She could be rich but I'm richer Damn Take take it on me Me tips, think you the shit, bitch. You not even the fuck. I be going hard. I'm breaking their hearts. Like, bitches. That's the culture he that Jamal Bowman wants to bring into the Congress. That's culture. Sounds fantastic. People who can't speak talk about you know sex all the time denigration cussing and by the way the video is worse that's by ice spice by the way that's that's one of her i i don't know if it's still a number one hit it was a number one hit um but that's that's the number one song it, it I, did you even understand what she said and by the, the video is worse all it shows her is in tight little shorts shaking her ass all over the place flashing money and I, that's culture. That's the culture we need to determine our policies. Yeah, Jamal Bowman is a moron. Okay, well, here's let's get to our first, second story, actually, because the presidency thing was my first story. Um, I, I don't know if I, I buy this. This is an interesting story, and I kind of do. I think we're heading in this direction. But it's the NBA and how the black players are treating the white players. So this is comes from OutKick, which is a sports magazine. Three times over the past year, an NBA player has assaulted another player during or before a game. This week, Pistons forward Isaiah Stewart punched Suns forward Drew Eubanks during a confrontation before the team's matchup Wednesday night. Earlier this season, Draymond Green struck Yosef Nurik in the face. Green stomped on the chest of guard, uh, Kings guard Domantas Sabonis during a game last April. In each, the NBA saw a black pay- player assault a white player. Perhaps that's why the trend isn't receiving much attention. White players account for just 16.8% of the NBA. 
yet accounted for 100% of the last three players assaulted on the NBA. How could that be? Okay, a couple of things I, I want to point out here is, one, um, what about equity? 16.8 of the NBA players are white. Now, mind you, when he says 16.8% of the players are white, he's not talking about European, American, Canadian. He's just talking about white players. And by the way, the Hispanic and Asian players on in the NBA are less than 1%. So if, if at all. So the question I have here is, where's the equity? The, by the way, the NBA really touts. They're really heavy into DEI, equity, and crap like that. Watch the WNBA because it's great basketball and women and yay. But there's no equity when it comes to racial. I'm not saying there should be equity. I think it's stupid. I think you want the best players in in you could possibly find in your league. But the question is, what is where is it? And the other thing I want to say here, I mean, I, this is kind of a kind of a conservative piece here. I mean, the last three assaults were on white people. It, that's your your measuring stick. I don't know about that. I mean, over two years, three white people have been the last three fights have involved white people. I mean, possible, but we've heard other things. Let's continue with the story because the reality is. He's kind of on the he's kind of on the right here. What's happening here is that players are reacting overly emotionally in the heat of the moment. They are resorting to violence because of prior charged-up animus. Former players Kendrick Perkins and Gilbert Arenas mentioned last year that there are black players who think white players are not skilled enough to compete on the court with the black players and thus rely upon systemic advantages to compete. Let's listen to what Arena said, because he actually said that it's our league. Let's listen. So look, the go bear choke was questionable, but defensible, because Dre was coming to protect Clay. Uh, this latest incident left many people scratching their heads. So just, what do y'all think about the situation? And how do you, how do you <laughs> react to this video? Hey man, listen. <laughs> I know what Dre doing. He's taking care of these Euros one at a time. The media is trying to push these Euros on us. And you choking and slapping them back. I get it, baby. Do your thing. He only did it to two. Yeah, he got, he got about six, seven more. By the way, this attitude, I mean, it's shared by other NBA players. I, my uh, Perkins has said this. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, Kendrick Perkins has said this multiple times already on ESPN. You've got you've got the hero of the NBA for the Lakers, LeBron James, who flat out said in a podcast he doesn't like white people. He doesn't want to associate with them. Not to mention, this everyone's demonizing white people all the time. So should it be a real shock that it is possible 
that maybe these players just have a shorter fuse with with white people? Okay, continuing with the article, Arena's got his wish. A black player was assaulted and another white player... A black player assaulted another white player this week. And by the way, when we say assaulted, we're not talking, you know, they threw elbows and hit. We're talking they punched a player, usually cold cocking him. Um, this Drayvon Green was stomping on a player. We're talking actual assault. The nasty view some players share about white competitors was notable in 2020 when players and media members supported Montrezel Harrell when he called Luka Devokic a bitch-ass white boy to his face. Um, What would happen if uh, Luka had actually called him the same thing except replaced white with black? You, do you think he'd still be in the league? By the way, Jokic, the an, another white player, has won the MVP the last two years, and there was controversy about that. Not that he was the best player. I mean, the guy's averaged in, the, in his career. He's averaged a tip, triple double. I mean, some people are comparing him to Bill Russell, for Christ's sake. He's averaging a triple double. And people are saying, oh, it's because he's white. That's why he's getting the MVP. No, he's just better than you. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about this whole thing (coughs) happening. And, And the kicker is the NBA is really struggling. The NBA's, uh, the NBA's viewership is down like 75%. No one's watching the NBA anymore. Maybe they should take a look at some of the problems they have. This is one of them. Continuing. See, the media and social media repeatedly tells black players their white counterparts are privileged. Black players are led to believe that white players are their enemies. The press has uttered the phrase Great White Hope several times over the past year regarding Joe Kick, Luca, and Caitlin Clark, subsequently telling black players that the majority of white nation is rooting for them to fail because they are black. That is, of course, a lie. But when you hear a lie enough, you start to believe the lie, even if the facts don't support the claim. Evidently, there are black players in the NBA who now believe the lie. NFL players feel the same way. Tariq Hill, A.J. Brown, and Richard Sherman each this week suggested that black a black player would have been kicked out of the NFL had they reacted the way Travis Kelsey did towards Andy Reid on the Super Bowl sideline. Now, um, first off, uh, there have been players that have been kicked off reacting the way Travis Kelsey did. The kicker is it was during the Super Bowl, and so they're not going to make a big stink. The players and the coaches are not going to make a big stink out of that during the game. Maybe they have a talk with Kelsey after, but they're not going to make a talk. And Kelsey has been lambasted for that. But as the article points out, these three should talk. That is also not true. Just look at Hill's history of domestic violence and the lack of consequences he's faced. Um, Tariq Hill has beaten the shit out of a woman on video, punching her in the face on video. He got suspended for like a month and he was traded 
and he's still a millionaire. So let's not talk about consequences. Uh, There was a former football player for the Baltimore Ravens who was involved in a murder. He didn't get suspended. I don't want to hear that the kid gloves are only going to white players. That's just not true. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true. If a white player walked up and called this guy a bitch-ass black boy, you better believe that guy would be suspended and probably never play basketball again in the NBA. It's all a lie. There's a natural feeling of abhorrence of those you believe are more privileged and fortunate than you. So it's hardly stunning to see some black players lose their cool in the heated moment with a white competitor. That's the other thing. Like I said, the fuse is shorter. The fuse is a lot shorter. And if you've ever seen an NBA fight, they can't fight. So essentially, the only way they're going to get away with it is cold cocking someone. And that's what's been happening. The trend is a combination of a more divisive culture and the rise of white superstars in basketball. Not since Larry Bird in the 1980s has a white player challenged for the title of the best basketball player in the world. Today, Jokic and Luka are arguably the two best players in the world. Likewise, and Jokic is not even close. I don't think there's even, even in his prime, uh, LeBron James could not hold a candle to Jokic. That is how good Jokic is. I mean, averaging a triple-double for your career, that those are astronomical numbers. Now, granted, I will say this about today's NBA. Today's NBA is extremely watered down. The, I'm sorry, the players are nowhere near what they used to be. When Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, even Kobe Bryant was around, um, the NBA was a lot stronger. Now, granted, it started going south when Michael Jordan and Kobe were, were in their height. But you're talking with Shaq, Barkley. They were a lot stronger league. Now, you can't even name 10 NBA players because they just, they're just not that good. In fact, Dan Dakic and Jason Whitlock forewarned Clark could receive the same level of indignation and perhaps violence as white NBA players when she enters the WNBA next season. Quote, she's going to face a level of racism from black players, and she's going to face a level of hostility from lesbian players because she's not on the team. She's not on team LGBTQ. She's a Catholic, and she's got some boy, and she's got some boyfriends, which means she's going to walk into an extremely hostile environment, says Whitlock. By the way, Whitlock is a former NFL player and black. Recall how Angel Reese gestured aggressively in Clark's face last season upon winning the championship, and how former WNBA players Cheryl Swoops cited a serious series of lies last week to diminish Clark's leg- legacy, lies on which Swoops doubled down. The resentment of white players is real. It's obvious. There are consequences for racial division and letting blatant anti-white racism go unchecked, as the sports media so often does. If the over-under on another white player being assaulted in the NBA this season is 0.5, take the over. And this is true. This is going to happen. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. 
The problem is we just cannot keep, we just cannot keep demonizing everybody. You cannot keep de demonizing white players, people. You can't. It just doesn't work. And eventually you're going to end up with white people being assaulted. And this isn't just in the NBA or the NFL. This is in general life, walking down the street. You see this garbage. And it's, it's, it's going to happen. We talk about genocide and all this crap. Well, I mean, we are looking, we are looking at real genocide eventually. Because if this keeps going, it's going to be legal to kill a white person. It'll be Jim Crow in reverse. So it's good to see that they're they're saying this. They're they're pointing out to the NBA and they're saying this is happening to the NBA. This is bad. Yes, absolutely. It's all true. But here's the thing. It's not just the NBA. It's happening in regular life. Okay. Let's go. My computer just crashed out. So we're, we're having issues with it. I'm probably going to have to get a new computer in order to do a podcast later. That being said, I'm going to have to end this podcast a little bit early. You, you might be able to hear my computer flipping out on me. You guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.